I'm Andy Scarantino, and this is View from the Roof, formerly known as the Get the Fuck Off Podcast. Every week, I'm going to be bringing you bits of goodness to not only help you get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore, but also to get you to think deeper and wake up to the world around you. My mission over the last three years has been to make personal development digestible for those who are ready, but they maybe don't want to speak in a soft, whispery voice or sit in the lotus. Through sharing story and interviewing cool people who are important to me, I hope you'll be able to see the world in a new way. You don't have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and all of this is quite the journey. I'm really excited to have you on that journey with me. Welcome to my View from the Roof. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of View from the Roof, formerly the get the fuck off podcast i have a guest today who i'm so excited about and as i look at him anthony hall goes by the name grandpa stork and i'll tell you as i look at this young energetic vibrant human um four years old (laughs) young energetic vibrant human Oh, it wasn't until I met him and I understood the the origins of the name and what he does in the world and what he's creating that I, I really got how powerful it all is. So I'm just going to read like two short paragraphs that he wrote, that he's a grand grandpapreneur who got the fuck off the Matrix's merry-go-round of convention and conformity. He turned his passion for learning fun and games into a lifelong pursuit, an audacious quest to help shape a future where compassion reigns in all hearts. Anthony, I do want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself more fully than that, because I think that you deserve it. And I, I think that there's so much to say in what you do and how you're you're spreading light in the world. So please introduce yourself and let's have a, a conversation. I'd love to to introduce more humans in the world to to you and your work. Andy, I'm so uh, excited to be here talking with you. It's, it's such an honor. And, you know, when I first saw the name of your podcast, Get the Fuck Off, I'm like, okay, I got to talk to this uh, this human because they're, they're uh, talking my language. And it's so refreshing to hear. And, to you know, I wanted to use the, the term vulnerable vulnerable as far as in your writing i really admired that but it's it's not vulnerability it's, it's an openness and a transparency that really helps us to kind of see our heart and and for me that's kind of been the journey i've been on you know how do we you know find other people with the, who have these big hearts and who who see the world as um, as i do and and that we have a responsibility to you know as far as nurturing who we are and our identity and presenting that to the world and so uh, for me, like I said, I'm, I'm a grandpa and 64 years old. And yeah, what does that mean, really? You know, what does it mean to be a grandfather, grandparent? And for me, it, it offered an opportunity to kind of tap into my younger self. And that all began when I witnessed the birth of my first grandchild. And so my grandson, Nathaniel, who just turned 19 years old, I'm like, fuck me. You know, 19 years old, but it was amazing because not only, you know, I had a chance to welcome, I was there in the delivery room, you know, welcoming him into the world, but also, you know, 
watching my daughter become a, a mother. You know, that was a miracle mm -hmm. in itself. And so, you know, we cut the cord and I'm holding Nate in my arms and I'm like, I'm transported through time. You know, I'm thinking about my life and what I've accomplished and what I've done, what have I made of myself? You know, this IT professional African-American who's been in the industry since 1992. But, you know, when my grandson was born in 2004, I had to kind of think, you know, what have what has grandpa been doing to give back? You know, you know, I'd go into organizations, you know, conferences or or meetings and one of the few African-Americans there. And so I thought about how can I now, you know, give back, you know, how can I give back about what I've learned and how can I help my grand, my grandchild get to, you know, find and discover their, their talents. And so, so yes, yeah, so I'm holding my arms. I'm being transported in time. I'm thinking, you know, and it was interesting. I was transported into the future, 50 years into the future. You know, my grandson is holding his first grandchild and I'm seeing you know, what is the world, what has the world come to? You know, what will, you know, what is, what's the um, opportunities in education and, and jobs and, and, you know, what is the world celebrating? And so I'm thinking 50 years in the future, in the 2060s, that there'll be a lot going on. You know, the U.S. and former USSR will be celebrating the centennial of their space programs. And so I'm thinking about, okay, all right, so all this stuff is going on. We're celebrating all the stuff that we're doing, you know, you know, colonies on the moon and all these, you know, and space mining and so forth. But what about the children of Africa? What about the other children in the world in developing countries? Will they be a captive audience? Or can they be captains of industry and enterprises as, you know, humanity takes its next grand voyage into the stars? And so I'm like, okay, um, we got to do something now because right now I'm not seeing much opportunity right. being made. Have you? Yeah. And so at that time, and and so then it's like, okay, well, if Grandpa has something to do with it, I'm what, what you know, what can I do to help in that regard? How can I be a active participant in my grandchildren's lives? How can I help them discover their talents and gifts, and that the important things about being able to communicate their dreams and aspirations, and also being able to understand what their strengths are. How do they identify, cult, you know, cultivate and nurture their gifts, their talents, their, you know, their superpowers, but in a manner that will help benefit humanity, you know, not in the wanton destruction as we see going on right. today in movies, but what about superheroes that, you know, have took, a, you know, have walked in compassion, humility, and integrity, and so, you know, that, that whole thought about what I can give back, you know, you know, and holding my grandson in my arms. And part, part of that, again, like I mentioned, allowed me to tap into that nine-year-old kid or that kid I was inside, you know, that was excited and was a big dreamer and imagination just, you know. Um, and I felt that again. And it was that tapping in to you know, you know who who I was, you know what you know what was the path that I had chosen in my innocence as a young person as I dreamed, and but then I was able to pair that with okay, an IT professional and seeing how these cats in Silicon Valley are turning their um, imaginations into an application, into products, and that that's the key right there, you right. know, right being able to just you know see what 
is happening in the world around you and view things with these eyes that are open and and hopeful. You know, um, I think part of what I've seen and even in my own life, you know, we could, you know, we have a choice, two choices. <laughs> we can view either, either life or the world as a prison or as a playground. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Beautiful. That you is know, beautiful. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I can't take credit, credit, credit for that. You know, I mean, I've seen that listed a few times, but it really resonates in the fact that that whole mind shift, mindset shift changes everything. When we view that we're, we're, we're you know, especially, you know, as we, we talk about how do we stay present and aware of, how, of what we're feeling, where we are now and and how we present ourselves to the world and what's going on inside us and that actually play i mean that's how we learn you know so part of what i've been doing is developing play-based learning platforms and programs but it's really about how do we tap into that innate curiosity and imagination and, and that looking at things looking at the world as a playground i'm like it just opens up. Everything's possible. Everything's possible. Absolutely. It's a, it's, I love, I, there's so much that I want to go into because I do want you to talk more about your play-based learning platforms, but I want to just touch on something that you said about seeing the past and seeing the future and, and understanding that you had a role in that moment because it's all now, you know, we experience time mm -hmm. as linear, but it's not. And to be able to see, oh, this is all just happening and it's radiating out of me in this. I love that, you know, I think that signifies to me that you have an inner working of a of an already curious mind and understanding how that, that part, it's almost, a, it's a whole different hemisphere of your brain that does that. Mm -hmm. This idea that the, the curious, the, um, the wonder, the awe, that really comes that we're really born with. And then we condition ourselves out of being able to use it. <laughs> and, you know, thus us here in the West, you know, particularly people of privilege here in the West, um, you can, it, you can almost get by not having it, right? Like, okay, like, well, let's see, I was born, I'm, you know, white woman, almost 38. I probably could get by not being curious. You know, I can just go and live my miserable life for 75 years and die. And that's fine. But when it comes to influencing whole communities, you know, whole nations, the developing world, there needs to be a power that's greater than just, okay, I'm going to do my rote standardization of I'm just going to, you know, thump, thump and just be on the roller coaster or the merry-go-round or whatever the hell, you know, like whatever the hell until we're dead because we need to, because there's that where the power is, is inside. And, and I love how you are helping young people tap into that. It's, it's really a beautiful thing. And when we talked the last time I asked you about the way that you saw it impacting communities, um, particularly communities where people might be experiencing levels of survival emotions and, and, and things like that. Um, and you, you had a really wonderful response. I'd love it if we could touch on that um, mm -hmm. and, and things that you've seen, because you've lived all over the world and it's, it's really wonderful to hear your story. So I would love to hear yeah. a little bit about it. Right. Well, and thank you for that. It's, um, it, it's really been a blessing. And when I, but, you know, when I think about it, it really has, it's also something that we, you know, we have to do intentionally, 
you know, it was, it was an, you know, I made the intention of, of traveling and, and, you know, you know, that, and that this was going to be the mindset, you know, the mindset of that, you know, what I had, the work I had to do first was inside, you know, you know, the, and, and that, and, and for me, I've always turned things into games. <laughs> everything's a game for me. Everything's a game, and so even the idea of, of of diving deep into my own psyche to figure out, okay, so if I have this grand vision, but what do I have to do first before I can, you know, if I if I'm going to if I'm if I have a responsibility to it, then if I'm if I'm going to be a conduit for this vision that's been given to me from the universe about how how I'm supposed to uh, uh, present you know, my gifts to the world in this, you know, in this material form, then I have a responsibility first to make sure that I'm whole inside right? and right. that I, you know, I start mending a lot of things inside. And so, because before that, then I can, then when I go out, I can, I can then represent it properly. And so what I've seen from that, you know, so, so, so that was the work I did prior to my traveling kind of this inner work and just dealing with the crap that was going on in my own heart and head and, can I, and dissolving a lot of that. I don't want to, and I don't want to go on a tangent, but can you please just tell my listeners how important that is to do? Oh my goodness. Okay. So, and, and, and uh, the, 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 now, uh, and you know what? The, and so the way I thought about it, I, I made a business case out of it. And so the business case for us, okay, so I have this grand vision and now uh, as a technologist and a sales and business development, you know, my, my, my job and work was, 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 um, you know, projecting into the future, you know, what sales would be, what the, what, what everything would be. And so thinking about my organization and the future of being successful and, and all this stuff that comes with it, but also the personal notoriety that comes with that with success. And so I would imagine myself in the future, have all the success. And then people looking at my background and saying, okay, what about this thing? What about your relationship with your mother? What about your relationship with your, your, your kids yeah. and all this stuff? And I'm thinking about how would I answer that? And I'm thinking, well, I don't have an answer for it because I haven't dealt with it. And so I use that as a way to say, you know what? Let me sit and think about what was really going on. And but part of that, really the 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 shift that was the most important was just say, I'm taking responsibility for everything. Yeah. I'm no longer blaming my mom, blaming my dad, and not getting this or that, and blah, 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 sob stories that. I'm responsible for everything. And no, that's it. That's it. You know, so, you know, just, I just have to do that. And, and, and that was so liberating because then it opened up the doors to see things differently, even to view, to view not only myself with compassion, but then view all these other relationships I had with more compassion, with more honesty and truth about what my, you know, now that I take full responsibility, I start seeing, okay, yeah, I didn't really deal with that situation. So I need to, and so I sh the shift from taking full taking full responsibility led to me then being more grateful, seeing mm -hmm. seeing the gratitude. Wow, you know what? I had a brilliant childhood. As much as I moan and complain, oh my God! But it, you know, and and so I think I was able to re re view my life in a different, you know, kind of in a, in a in a different setting, not a different setting, but uh, you know, in a more been able to take a step back. And then they'd be taking more objective and you know, and really honest view of myself, and by taking responsibility for everything, and then realizing, my mother was twenty years old. Um, yeah, well, was twenty years old. Uh, she was seven months pregnant. Twenty years old with me when she cut her first, recorded her first, uh, forty-five single in the doo-wop area in nineteen, you know, nineteen fifty-nine. 
she was younger than I when I had my first child at almost 26. And to think about what she was going through, you know, at her young age and the challenges that she had, it gave me a whole new appreciation for, you know, that she was just doing her best, best with what she had and what she had when what she did was give me such great blessings and gifts and that, you know, and that I'm so appreciative for today. So what that have changed for me is that now when I look back and have been able to have dissolved all these things, my relationships. When I look back, I'm thinking, you know, the things I think about my mother, I'm hearing her singing, I hear her laugh, and I love their laugh, and I just, I love her, love their singing. So that's what I hear. That's what I feel when I'm thinking about my sister or every anyone else. And and so that was the weight that had been holding me down from being able to, to and, you know, once I released that, it was like, okay, now I'm ready to fly. Now, and, and, and being that hole inside, full and, circle, you know, that's where I took okay. us off. But 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 I'm right. glad that yeah, you no. you did uh, share no, with thank that. You thank you. That. Because, but that was, you know, but so that was the, you know, kind of, that was the really kind of an important and uh, uh, transformative, you know, transformative step, you know, really about transcending our own kind of instinct and, you know, uh, programming <laughs> we were able yeah. to kind of you know, you know we kind of hack that programming of with instead of allowing ego fear and pride to kind of interfere with how we respond and and how we react you know for me grandpa's hacks is our compassion humility and integrity and mm-hmm. and and then with also fun and joy and you know and, and curiosity but that then allows me you know it helps me to monitor how I'm doing, you know, my conversations, right. what my thoughts are and how right. I'm presenting myself. And so then I started track. So in 2014, I started traveling to, you know, feel these concepts out. And, and so being able to travel to in over 20 countries, I've lived in eight and, and what I've found that we all have the same story. We all have, we all share the same joys and laughter, but one is, you know, but, you know, we talk about the impact of communities and yeah. that are marginalized or, you know, just kind of, you know, they, they, you know, so many organizations just fall through the cracks. I mean, these grassroots organizations that are doing massive, having massive impact, but, you know, they're getting a little of the development dollars from, you know, from, you know, because these big organizations and, and NGOs and nonprofits are taking all that money. So how can grandpa have come in and and say, hey, you know, I got, you know, wow, how can I, how can I be of service? And yeah. just just knocking on a gate, knocking on a school door, or, or the time when, or, or I think grandpa told you about the time when I visited a leprosy complex yes. in Delhi, India, and, you know, because the Dalai Lama had been there. The Dalai Lama had been there, and I was fortunate enough to have seen him in Dharamshala at the um, Tibetan temple in March of 2004, listen to him speak in Tibetan. And, and not only that was a massive, you know, um, experience for me, just being in that presence and, you know, seeing what the, what the, we see, you know, what, what's the big deal about the Dalai Lama and, you know, but you listen to the man's words and his speech and his just pure, now that's a person that's tapped into their childlike nature, humility and curiosity and compassion. But, you know, and so one of the things that I, after I had a chance to, you know, listen to him speak, I followed his Facebook page. And so he's, um, he's uh, so it was a couple of days later, 
he had visited the leprosy complex, the Taipur uh, leprosy colony in New Delhi. And so he had written on his Facebook page about how the children there are stigmatized because, you know, you got whole families that are that are living in these in these places because they have a, a grandparent or a sister or something. But so the whole family is there and these children who, have, who go to school outside of there, you know, they're, you know, they're picked on. I mean, like I said, you know, they're, right. um, you know, they're the kids from, you know, the lepers, you know, and all that stuff, you know, all the, all, all the things that, you know, what we, we, what kids did and like I did when I was a kid, you know, making fun of folks. So, and so my, I was out, so I was back in Delhi. And so I said, yeah, that's not too far. So I found out where the place was. I go up, wrapped on the gate, you know, one of the, um, uh, one of the uh, elders came and then, to the gate and said, okay, uh, yeah, what do you want? And I said, hey, hey, my name is Anthony. I'm a grandpa and I'm developing some games. And is this the place where the Dalai Lama was two days ago? And he said, yeah. Well, I told me you know, my story that I had been to Dharamshala and that I heard about it and and that I'm developing some uh, some educational games to help, you know, in just in these type of situations. How can we make education not only more fun, but more accessible? And so grandpa has something and they open the gate. Welcome grandpa in. And I have to tell you that, you know, you know, I've studied the Bible, you know, we were religious growing up and you read about read the Bible stories about leprosy and so forth and so on. But to see it up close in person is 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 another story entirely. But not only that, it was to see the love and compassion of these people that you know they didn't know me from anybody i'm just this you know this you know this crazy old fool coming up you know uh, trying to tell them about them dragon flying games but you know they they embraced me and i'm sitting there and, I, and all i felt was love and joy and i'm sitting with and you know um, and if, 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 if you want to see what leprosy does to people you know it deteriorates you know the extremities so noses fingers and ears and and but i'm sitting there my mates and we're just saying we're just having it was great crack <laughs> and, but I, but and 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 so for me, at, you know, and I, they felt, I, I really feel you. Know, they appreciated that, you know, the stranger would come up and and, and just show up and come in, and you know. So I met I met the young people, you know, the young kids, and and then, but a lot of the, the ones I met, really, they weren't that young. Most of the ones I met were, you know, in their twenties. These, right. these other who've grown up there, and they're working there, they're helping support it, but they lived there all their lives, and you know, and they just you know, we played volleyball together. We had taught, taught them some, uh, play some games, but you know, it was just you know, it was just like a crowd comes out and they say, you know, we have a visitor, and and they were so intrigued about what was what was happening, but it was not like I'm coming with some big fanfare. I'm just coming by myself in my backpack and. And uh, and just just showing up and that. Well, that speaks to the power of the individual. And and it also speaks to the power. And and going back to something that, you know, I think I really wanted to to talk about is the the ripples and and how you see the ripples happening. So like with with those communities, not just with the leprosy colony, but also like in those communities in Africa and when when the children begin to play your games and what you see happening with the families and how you see that embodiment of that curious and 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 more fun nature really really rippling outward and, and what you've observed about your work. Yeah. 
and, and yeah, what I've you know what, what I've been doing the past years as I've been traveling has been has been you know so my my company we're you know we're developing we're developing the games and sports humanity will play in space and we want to make sure that the children of this world will be will be stakeholders so we're in, we're introducing the concept of imagination and used to iterate and innovate and 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 so what I what I've seen then as I've gone and and you know. There, you know, these places I've been going, and I stay there a month or six months, and we're playing games. And really, it's been about them seeing, looking at. You mean I could, I can look. I had them look. I had them looking at coconuts. So we had some building this dragon flying game, and the first part prototype was a coconut. And so I tell them, this is dragon's egg. You stand on it. Now you pretend like you're standing on the back of the ground and you're flying. And that whole process, and you know, learn the dragon's tongue, and we're playing all these games. And they were so amazed. I was like, it's a coconut. You mean this is going to be a virtual reality uh, experience where you stand on it and you have goggles on that? And the fact that being able to, to see just, it did just light up and that they tap into something that they didn't even know that they had there, that their magic, yeah, that here's, here's some, 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 some grandpa from California, you know, coming to uh, Tanzania and saying, Hey, you know, that coconut you guys are, you know, you guys are using, guess what you can do with that? Not only can you stand on and play with it, now you can paint it. And so we, we, we go through this whole program of really helping them discover, you know, their creativity and their, you know, innovate, the innovators that they are inside. And it's just been amazing. <laughs> you know, you, you, you see how these kind of, these kids who may have been shy and retired and that certain certain games, they, they just, it's just theirs. They own it. It's like, okay, I've been waiting for something like that. Or that they, yeah. they tap into an, an ability and so and they and they begin to share that. And so you can see how a whole community can, then becomes not, in, it just, not, I wouldn't say transform. It, it's, it's really, I, I think it, it that spark, it, you know, Igniting the imagination, um, inspiring the intellect, and informing the individuality. That's really what mm -hmm. we've been about and going. And so that, because that is where those ripples happen. Because, right. you, know, I, you know, I come there for a month and I'm gone. You know, we've, been, we've had fun. We've been playing these games. And we've talked about, you know, that, you know, that, you know, how do, you know, how do we, you know, that their superpowers, their talents, their gifts, that they have a responsibility to nurture those and use those for the, for, you know, uh, to better humanity, not only themselves, but for humanity, that they're, that is their gift. And so um, hopefully that goes with them, but, you know, you know, and, and to, to create in the world. And, and I see like, it's, 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 for me, I, in my own life personally, inner vision is something that I've been gifted with. Inner vision can be difficult because you don't you don't see it yet. So you can't go to somebody and say, oh, this is what is because they don't see it yet. But you know in your heart that if you teach a, a child or an adolescent or even an adult to be able mm -hmm. to create limitless possibilities in their minds about making a coconut into a dragon's egg what else can mm -hmm. they do and then we can break out of the, the the prison the idea that you you think that 
reality just is what it is. And again, like I said in the beginning of this, like, okay, I can just live my 75 years. Now I go, I go to my, I go to a job. I come home from the job and then I cook dinner and I make the coffee. And, and, you know, and you're in this rigid neurology and you just think that the world exists and you're just moving through it as a piece of flesh for 75 years. In reality, you're creating in every moment. And if you can teach, when you're teaching a, 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 a person, I don't want to say a child, I don't want to say an adolescent, but a person, but particularly a young person, because they don't have those solidified neural pathways yet, to be able to do that thing, to be able to realize that they're a creative force in the world. Yeah, there is a, there is a massive potential and it yes. happens over decades. But it's massive mm -hmm. potential. I I hear it. I see it. I think that it's fucking beautiful. Thank you for, for for the share. I mean, it's really great. Um, uh, tell me about more about it. And also, I don't want to ignore the acronyms. You know, there's a lot of. I'm looking at some things that that you've you've written about, and I know that the acronyms are important. I want to ask about Trio. I want to ask about mm -hmm. the Roads of Education. Um, tell me a little bit more yeah. about about. Tell me a little bit more. Um, because I know okay, you know, well, you know, because I, I really loved how you, you know, you brought up, you know, you know, because kind of ties us back to we view the, can view the world world as a prison or or a playground, and and so you know, for me, it it, it all depends on you know how large of a playground we want to ha have. I mean, if we if we if we view just you know view, view just our environment around us that that's our playground where we go to work and all that you know that that's massive and you know when you think about artists you know you sort of playground a canvas you know and so uh, some some people their, their playground their canvas is a mountainside well grandpa's playground and canvas stretches from here to mars so i gave myself a large playing field a large playground and because really was about it was that it the, the games enveloping for for me, I want to develop a platform in games for all of me, for all all of my interest, for the athlete and the artist, the scientist and the seer, and that having a large enough playing field and playground, and, you know that which is what I view this vision is, is then it's like you have a play, big playground, you now you need people to play with. Okay, now finding playmates, and so I think having a giving ourselves more room to grow, more time to grow. So that's why, you know, you know, so, so a large playing field that not only stretches off into the distance, but also into the future, 50 years. So, so that, that's the span of this canvas and this vision. And so it's allowed me then to tap into just, you know, I, I, all my different interests and seeing and planning and discovering and, and creating how they all align and so that all these different things come to one and so that everyone I talk to, you know, it can be talking to people about AI, talking to people about mindfulness and awareness, talking about um, autism, talking about, you know, sp sports technology, you know, VR, all these things are have represented all my interests. And so I created a, a large canvas and playing field so I can give expression to all those. Mm. But they all lead just to one path. They all, all they all are part of the whole grand vision. And so mm -hmm. for me, that allowed me then then I just I can just live in it every moment, every conversation, just my thoughts, you know, how and you know, just and just living in the joy of who am I talking to today? Oh, I'm talking to Andy, then I'm talking to Martin John, who, you know, then you know, I, all these things become um it, it makes me more observant. 
and aware of my thoughts. What am I thinking about sitting down and just looking up in the sky? You know, how are my thought? How, how are my thoughts helping to support this? You know, this whole mind shift. And so it's it's. And so I think the, the big opportunities, of course, working with young kids, you know, again, that was really the, the kind of the first impulse for me is was, yeah. uh, you know, how to be a part of my grandkids life. And then as I'm developing these games, I'm realizing that I'm developing for the Tao in me. You know, yeah. I am the Tao. I'm developing for every aspect and every expression of myself. And it. What I recognize then that the massive opportunity are for folks like me who've been set in our own thought patterns for the past 35, 65 years. And that we too have that we can, we can go back. We can, we, we, we can activate, reactivate those, those bridges, those, those neural pathways mm -hmm. to the fun because we still experience it in a lot of different ways. Now we just have to say, okay, bring that nine-year-old Anthony back. Okay. Nine-year Anthony here, 64-year Anthony. And this is what we're doing now. I Let's love it. <laughs> I love how it fits in. You know, I I had Zen Benefiel on the podcast. He talks about harmony among people and planet, and I and your role in it is is crucial. I can see, and I can see how that functions as part of the the threads of the greater whole. You know, it's really yeah. a, a beautiful thing. And 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 that's really it, because you know. Um, you know, coming from a religious background and, you know, was one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And so I'd gone through that whole thing, you know, I've been you know, a Bible student and I've, I've, you know, gone door to door talking to, so you've met him in New York, you know what, you know, I've been, I've been to, I've been to the, uh, <laughs> uh, to the headquarters in New York too, as well. And so, I mean, I've I, I lived that whole life of, and what I think about that is, The strength that that gave me, it tapped into my uh, need for service and my calling to service and gave me the confidence to speak. Because growing up, Anthony could hardly formulate the words in his head when they came out of my mouth. It's like, you know, I was a really bad stutterer. And so and that training gave me the confidence to be able to talk to people extemporaneously and just reason and just mm -hmm. find common ground. But um, we all have a role in that. And and for me that, you know, coming to find, you know, that 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 harmony really for me began as that as I searched inside and and was that was one of the gifts my parents, our parents gave to us. My mother, you know, when she started studying the Bible, she said, you guys are studying the Bible, too. And so and but I found I gained a love for it because whereas I didn't like history in school. It's like, huh, Bible history. Okay, I was, I was, it became interesting, but, but as I, but once I kind of, but eventually I kind of grew, outgrew that as it were a need for to give to to abdicate my responsibility and give to someone else. So that person responsibly responsible for what happens in the world and for solving the problems in the world and for solving my problems. And I kind of thought about if 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 God or whatever is a parent, then like any good parent, you train your kids, you give them words of wisdom, you hope that they'll stick with them as they learn, but then they leave. And mm -hmm. you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't stay beholden to you, but they hopefully will take what they've learned, we recall the wisdom and that they and the lesson that they they've learned, they've imparted it to us 
And for me, I, parents imparted that to me. Then it's my responsibility then to take what I've learned as a grandfather and then, okay, um, yeah, I got this. I got this. I don't need, you know, I understand, I, you know, those as like compassion, humility, integrity, love. Those, those, that's my, those are my ideals. And so thank you. Thank you for putting me on the path. And now I got this. And so that for me, you know, then, but not that, that like I am God or something, but that we have a responsibility to something greater than ourselves. And that's to you know, the whole of humanity and to the world and to the environment. And so, you know, you know, we don't we don't necessarily need to have um, a, a, a specific religion or a place. I mean, you know, the, the chapel is under sitting on a tree by it or under the big sky in Arizona. I make a point to sit under the tree at least once a day. It's hard in New yeah. York, but we may, we make uh, it happen. Can we, we talk about compassion? Because I, I know that you have a greater vision for compassion. And and we yeah. talked about um your intentions with with teaching mm -hmm. compassion and uh yeah. I, would, I would love right. to hear about that compassion you know um it's it's part of that inner work it's part of that inner discovery because when we think about words like compassion or love or truth or faith and which i like i like what you wrote about uh uh faith um, as well. So, so I, and I have something, I have something for that. So I, I, I was, I'm planning on writing something about that, but when we think about these words, you know, the definition of these words, what do they, but, you know, I mean, there's general definition, but what do they really mean to us in our experience? What does, I, how does compassion, how have we seen compassion expressed? How do we define compassion? And everyone sees those words differently. And have, everyone have different words that we use to express those and and uh, the experiences they've had in their life with it or without it. And and so as part of that inner work and 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 and, and, and you know this as uh, NLP, that um, words matter, not only the words we use, but the words and the words how you know you write a sentence. What words you put next to the words, and what are the active words? What are the adjectives? What are the, the emotional words? And then all those are charged with emotions and meaning that are distinct to each individual, which are particular to each individual. <laughs> and, and 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 so the idea of you know um, you know how how do we name and how do we define it, and how do we come to an understanding of what those words mean to us? Why we're using them, and so part of this. The, the game based play based learning, you know, involves literacy as well. And it's, you know, it's one of the games called the real names game. You turn your name into a, you turn your letters, turn your name to, into an acronym, use the letters to start telling your story, to define yourself. What are the words you would use to describe yourself or what do you aspire to? Or, um, and, and then that a discovery of those words, and then you take the words that you've used to describe yourself, you know, aware, um, um, truth, you know, all, all, all these different words. Right. What do those words mean? And how would you define those words using the letters of those words? You know, take, and so the idea of, you know, taking a dive into a word like compassion, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N. What does that mean? What is compassion? You know, how is it ex expressed? And, and so one of the exercises in, in games, you know, not only taking the letters of your name, but also the words, the particular words we use and how do we define those? And so 
um, for compassion. One, so the uh, the real word or the, the the word that I've come up, you know, the uh, for definition for cat compassion, I came up with cultivates cultivates our most powerful ability, selfless service. Ikigai overflows now. The idea that compassion is not passive and that it is it, it, it's, it's nurturing and it moves and compels us. I mean, so when we think of compassion, I use cultivate. You can use champion. You can use yeah. uh, compels. You can use uh, courage. And so and so for me, when I when I that's just one of the definitions I would use for compassion. But then I could, you know, you can, you know, a different word for power. You can use all these different, all of these different letters can represent how we experience or wish to see compassion expressed or how we define it, compassion. And then you just continue the process. You keep diving deeper. What right. do those words mean? You used to describe compassion. And, it's, and the idea behind that is, what if we could all speak the pure language of compassion? Yeah. You know, what would that what if what what if that's how we spoke and lived our life? But then beyond that, what if we could teach compassion? We could train AI AI training sets on compassion. Compassion, right. You know, what if we can develop compassion into a, a linguistic, a large language model? And so yeah. that's Really, what what uh, one of Grandpa's you know audacious vision is to create a uh, basically to patent compassion. When you to told me a- about that, that was really remarkable for me because I have for a long time been aware of the developments of AI. I'm a big I I have been paying attention to Ray Kurzweil's predictions about uh, AI and consciousness since. Mm-hmm. Since the age of spiritual machines in 1999. And I was a teenager when that came out. And I've been seeing the, you know, the accelerating returns. And I thought to myself, as you were talking about, okay, the letters cultivates our most powerful ability, selfless service, ikigai overflows now, and then take each of those words. This might seem big to a listener and, and it might seem like it's loaded, but if we're teaching AI systems, they have the capacity to take in everyone's definition of compassion and everyone's definition of every word in that. If you can just get your, and not, not you, Anthony, but like if anybody listening can just get your mind around the fact that we might be limited in what we can think, but an AI system will not. And if we're getting back to pure language, that was Sanskrit. You know, we really started with pure language and then we started making it more particular and more particular and more particular and more particular. So what if a sis, we could, then teach a system and the system then learns and brings us back to where we started. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you said it and it's really about pattern recognition. And so there's a pattern of compassionate or hateful speech. You know, you see the pattern we hear, we recognize them, you know, and the way the words are chosen and put together. And so we recognize the, you know, the pattern of the uh, a beautiful quote, you know, like, you know, I, you know, there's many paths diverge upon a wood. I chose a path less traveled. You know, I mean, yeah. there's quotes and stuff like just tell the whole story. Right. So the, the power of words is the power of words is evident. And so, we're, you know, for me, it was like, OK, I mean, why are these why why 
you know these these great you know you know open ai you have uh, lambda you know you have all these you know all these um uh, language models but now they're having a problem with hallucinating because they're because they're because they're training on models that you know they basically <laughs> it's like an ins i shouldn't say incestuous but it's almost like that i mean it's like you know yeah yeah that's the, the, a, that's the fair. feedback and it, you know it's it's, ca it's causing the models to hallucinate because they're being trained on synthetic data and the data that's being being fed doesn't tell the whole story in a way mm -hmm. so we're looking at a way to can we add context and meaning and then provide that to a um, uh, ai training set in order to then see a different, see, you know, again, it's really about awake the power of the collective. That is really, you know, we really want AI to 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 uh, to go to those heights to have, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, general AI that it's going to take, you know, collective wisdom. And how do we? And so, how do we give our collective wisdom? And but not but the real wisdom, not what we only show and put on and what we say. You know that, but in in the background, in the quiet of our mind, in our true hearts, we're not being transparent, and so the words that we use don't really reflect what we really mean. Okay. And so, and and thinking of and and even thinking about that, I mean that you know that thought just leads me even to the uh, the thought of um, uh, you know, people we we, are, we name people uh, on the autistic spectrum as having some disability because of their inability to to differentiate from you know the words you speak, but the tone you're using, and the and the body and the facial expression. You know all all those things don't match up, and they and we try to say that they have an issue. It's we have a communication problem because we don't even say or even express what we mean purely. Yeah, that's, and, that's very true. I have my brother has autism. I don't know if I told you that, and he was diagnosed in 1993. So this is like back when people we didn't we didn't really know what that was. I mean, it was if I I remember being young and my and my, my mother saying Lewis isn't talking, maybe he's deaf, and and having to realize and having different early scans at that time to realize no, he could in fact hear, and then mm -hmm. you know it has been a process. He's uh he's gonna be the nineteen ninety one, gonna be thirty two, um in mm -hmm. a couple of, a couple of weeks, but. Well, the way that I I saw people talking about autism is as time passed, you know, watching the world learn about autism, kind of how I was learning about it in my family. What I've learned really from knowing my brother for nearly 32 years is that so many of us are creating narrative and story and tying pieces, grabbing pieces and pulling those pieces in all together. And it's like the line in the sphere. And he's the line and we're the sphere. And the line is, okay, this is linear thinking. X equals Y equals this. And it's it's like pulling in information about calculus. And then like, like okay, better example, us talking about games, us talking about consciousness, us talking about AI, us talking about um inner work we we can clearly or at least vaguely put all these concepts together that's spherical thinking that's not mm -hmm. linear thinking because we're mm -hmm. grabbing things together wouldn't it be cool if we could simplify because i i do agree with you in that there's nothing necessarily wrong with neurodivergent with people who are neurodivergent not being able to do that it's more about okay we need to recognize that there is some sort of there's something not firing there and then we adjust and we, we speak a more simple language and that's the language of love like right right 
Exactly. And, you know, I, I diagnosed, diagnosed myself on the spectrum. When I look back on, on growing up and, you know, the kind of outbursts that I would have, you know, just, just, you know, not necessarily, too, but, you know, I, you know, I had that thing where I had to clap or snap my fingers or, I, you know, I, rocking. Rocking. I, I, I still yep. do a lot of that. And, but, you know, so I recognize, you know, those things in myself and also, but also recognize that how it, how it benefited me with focus and I get focused on something and, but, but, and, and so, so, so I, I see it as a spectrum. I think we're all on that. We're all on that spectrum. It's just 100%. like a, it's a spectrum of our person, of our, you know, even of our identity, our identities represent a spectrum. You know, you live 38 years, 64 years, you've lived a lot of lives, you live a lot of mm -hmm. lives. And so, all mm -hmm. those different, you know, and all those are part are still part of us. They still inform us, even as we've transformed and, uh, you know, as we've phased out or trans. I'm trying to think of how, but there's still that there's still that reflection within us. You look in a reflective mirror and you see all these different, um, you see all you know, an infinite number of yourself in the mirror in these in your reflective mirrors, and so those represent all the all the spectrums of our personality all our you know fears and ego and dreams and aspirations and and that you know how do we honor that we and that i think for me i, I had to guess physically just look in the mirror and say okay we're all me but i also recognize we're all different and that we all have have experiences that inform what's happening to me now, what, how I'm experiencing the world now. Let's come together. Let's, you know, so that was part of my meditative work in a, in a, in a mirror in our bathroom, a mirror, and I do my meditative practice. And I, and I, I do my litany that was focused on, um, on me walking in compassion, humility, and integrity. And I do that as part of my balance workout on the dragon's egg. And I'm looking in the mirror. And so I'm my, I'm my own workout partner. I'm looking at my, in my eyes. And so as I'm working out and if I notice that I'm, I kind of lose balance, if I'm on compassion or humility or integrity, that key mentioned that, okay, what, how are you doing? There's something I need to, to focus on. That's, that's very, very good awareness. Yeah. That, that, and to understand that mind body connection, or just that connection of you, like even like a deeper, even deeper than mind. I mean, as you're looking at yourself, compassion. Oh, my body all of a sudden is feeling an incongruence, or I'm feeling an imbalance. Yeah. Like that's that's wild to know. So many people yeah. don't know their bodies that intimately. I do as a distance runner, but I don't know it as well as say, like I have a former client who, 200 hours of yoga teacher training, spent how many yeah. thousands of hours in her life on her mat. I mean, now teaches, you know. And truly, like the intimacy and and, and knowing of her of her relationship with her body. I mean, it's just it's just on point. To for us to be able to know that 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 that's yeah. a messaging system that that's a, yeah. a system that is sending you information that's telling you when something's fucked up somewhere. <laughs> like it's not oh. just. Oh Go my ahead. god. Sorry. No, no, no! You, you you nailed it perfectly because not only that, it has its own personality. You know, our body has an awareness about balance. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, even about balance. Sometimes standing, and you know, you can, you know, you know, we don't have to think about standing or 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 or, or doing certain things. But one of the things I noticed as I started delving deeper that 
I always had a problem sometimes, you know, you know, I, 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 clumsy, you know, knocking stuff off, you know, I, you know, I'm not paying attention. I'm bumping into the door, blah, blah, blah. I started noticing as I became more into my body that my hand would flick out and knock, out, knock over something. I'm like, you did that on purpose. And, and, and I've seen it so many times where I'm like, okay, you weren't paying attention. And so you, you're carrying this thing. And so I, you know, I'm like a open, open, open glass. I, I want to look at something. I turn over and I, and I spill. And it's like, and, and it, it, it's a relationship with myself, not only the connection with my body, but also with that child I am inside. And so it's not necessarily, I don't think it, uh, I, I think of myself as an individual, but also think of myself as we. And so I, one of the things I've also changed in, in my, uh, in my growth is that I, I think of myself as we, that, that I'm a spectrum of personality and I've, re I've recognized those yeah. and that it's not like, you know, the, but that they're all, we're all, we're all just one. We're just one. And so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was, the way I was thinking about it now it's starting to sound kind of more esoteric, but no, it's, it's really not. We got it. We got to get people on board with this. I got to stop. We got to sure. get people on board with this. This has to be more common than it's not common. And I think that every time we start talking in this way on an episode, people are like, oh, that's that woo woo shit. No, that's the shit. That's it. We're here yeah. now. That's what we're doing. We're bringing this in. It's all coming together. It's no different than going to fucking Costco. Like it's, yeah. it's all spiritual. Like anyway. Sorry. Yeah, but but you know, but it's so great. It's so, but you know, the, the way. So the way for for me and the, the, for me to kind of you know think about how do I bring all these different expressions of my personality, all these different things I love and do or fear. You know, how do I bring us all together? I mean, because you know, the idea, you know, it goes back to the idea of flying. You know, and so why you know why did Grandpa Stuart create a flying game, a dragon flying game? Well, because I've always wanted to fly, but. What would that really? What would that really be like? What would it really be like to stand on air, or stand on water, or stand on the silver surfer surfboard, or on the back of a dragon? What would that take? What would it take to, you know, mitigate the physical and mental rigors of bird or dragonfly? But what does it really mean inside for us? And so the key was that you know it, in the yoga balance work, you know, balancing on one leg, and and you know the you know the, the Shaolin monks, you know, and the martial artists how they do the work on the on the blossom poles that we were focusing on a balance and that and you you've, you've studied yoga so it's it's really about being centered being calm and just bringing just you know like i said focusing on our breath how do we bring all those in together and for me it was not only doing that mind you know, my mind and body has to be harm being harmony if i'm going to stand and breathe with my eyes closed you know while i'm balancing on one leg so forth and so on but that i also needed to bring you know, my inner selves together as well. They had to be harmony for that true kind of centeredness to happen. And, and so for me, I, you know, I, I, I viewed, uh, you know, I, I had, we can all, we'll all do it one different way. I mean, I love what you were doing using the, um, uh, taking selfies in your, your reflection in the oh, window. Oh yeah, in reflect. That was cool. I, and I, and I and I got to the point where you know looking at myself and I, I inspired my reflection in the window because I would use my reflection in the in, if I'm outside and that would be my workout. So I, I I've always been my own workout partner, even though I'm working out by you know. But I but I use myself in the reflection. So I'm looking at myself in the, in the in the window or see we have a standing contest. Who can stand? Who can stand still the longest while balancing on the egg? Who who flinches first? But 
that kind of, I don't know, I don't know, camaraderie or like some, that um, identification and, and really kind of honoring that my reflection represents another part of me, a separate part of me. And not, I can look at myself and just not think it's just me, but that, you know, all right, we're looking good or we're doing all right. That we can, it's like, I, I have to be my own, incur, I have to, you know, we have to be our own best friend. We have to be a blessing to ourselves before we can be a blessing to others. We have to be, we have to, we have to have love. You know, how do we develop this love, a really kind of a true, you know, objective love for ourselves and to love every aspect of ourselves. And that was really kind of the journey that I, that practice and that mirror work that I was doing and, and the meditative work is really about, you know, how to come to a real appreciation and compassion for myself. And so, yeah, you know, you've, you've been, you know, You've experienced shit in your life and you've caused a lot of shit in your life. But, you know, we're taking responsibility for all that and we see a path forward to 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 um, uh, to live uh, the the, the life that we've meant always meant to be. You know, we're meant to live. Right. It's your birthright. And I love and kind of going back to being grandpa, you know, and and Mm -hmm. thinking about your grandchildren and what is their birthright? And are they going to be able to access that? Exactly. And and that's part of when I think about what kind of you know legacy that I can leave for my grandkids and you know all the travels and things that I do and and whether I accomplish you know these dreams or not it's really the journey you know not being attached to that outcome but really and and I think that's part of it too as we go through life and and um, even what Martin John wrote about it even and that was that not being attached to the outcome mm-hmm. and that. And by not being even, but still, you there's so much joy in now yeah. in the present. Just, it's just it does, and and that the process. You know, we always talk about you know loving the process. It's not the destination; it's the journey. But you know, those are true, and so it's the same goes for that journey inward, and that mm-hmm. um, you know the beauty that we have inside is just waiting for us to acknowledge and recognize and that and what i recognize that the thing i feel used to fear in myself you know the monster i thought you know the, you know we look you know, look you know looking in the mirror you know we're always you know we see these movies like the candy man and you think that you know if we look in the mirror long enough you know that demon that we are a monster we are inside will come out but really for me you know i had that same kind of fear but i got tired of being afraid of myself yeah. I'm like, I just, I, I'm, I'm tired of being afraid and trying to be, you know, you know, and, and buying the Kool-Aid or the, what other people are saying, you know, about me, you know, that Anthony wasn't a good father and all, all, all these things, all the things in your life that you weren't a good student, you weren't do this and that and all the things we put on ourselves. So, or that, way, you... or that it's wrong or that, you know, something is not, is not correct or you're doing something in a, in a way that shouldn't be. And, you know, even up until, um, I'll say as, as soon as last week, um, I, I, I have situ I experience regularly situations where something will feel right and good and, and I'll be in flow and I'll feel wonderful. And then, you know, I'm, I have, I'm a sociologist, right? This societal program will come in. This systemic thing will come in. This thing my mother said will come in. This relationship I had 10 years ago will come in, you know, like I'm shaking my finger. My listeners can't see it. Shaking the finger. Nope. 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 Stop. Nope. Nope. And then what happens? It's those thoughts that end up 
really poisoning the pure intention behind it all. And the it's like, okay, like, so, so we, we did things. I'm not even going to say that things are mistakes. You know, when you say things like, oh, well, maybe you weren't a good father. Maybe you weren't a good wife. Maybe you weren't a whatever. And that's not really just things. Mm -hmm. We just went from one now moment to another, to another of learning, of learning, of learning. Things just happened. That was it. There was no, there was nothing else. And if we could stop ascribing these judgments, um, I think I think it would be a, a lot easier for all of us because we can just say, okay, well, we just had that experience. What did that teach us? What you know, what was that all about? We're here in a karmic predicament. We're all recreating, you know, things over and over. We're creating. It's it's all us. What we see. Um, right. Yeah, I I do yeah. want to speak to that that concept that you talked about that my, that you know, and with the Tao, but also it's in the Bhagavad Gita about mm-hmm. about karma yoga. You know, do your duty. And don't attach. And like, I, I think a Westerner has a hard time because Westerners are like, no, 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 we've got to know what this is going to lead to. <laughs> it's like, well, bitch, you're not going to know. Well, like, yeah. Do your duty. <laughs> Just do your duty. And that's well, it. Do what you do and then move on. Do and what it's you moving do. on. Oh, yeah. my goodness. That was, that's massive, though. But yeah, we're so attached. And that that was, well, yeah, that's tough. Detaching is tough. Detaching from, you know, resentment, <laughs> from regret, and but and but again, those are all just weights that you know millstones around our neck that we weigh ourselves down with, and but that and that we have the power to release and unshackle ourselves from, and but it you know but it takes it takes facing you know who, you know who we are inside, but also. We have to do it with, with I won't say with the hope, but with 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 but with the faith that you know that we have something worthwhile inside. You know, we wouldn't have experienced we wouldn't have experienced a lot of the marvelous things in our lives if there wasn't you know something innately you know divine within us. Right. You know, and we we just don't we just don't see we don't see the blessings that come to us each day. We don't look for these. We don't see the blessings you know in ourselves. And the experiences, and so you know, you know, living in now is also an, an appreciation of of what has brought you to now. I think, right. and and and, but but without any attachment, <laughs> you know, without yeah. any possession of it, it's like it, it's happened. But and and for me, it's like okay, yeah, it's happened. I, I I just I just feel joy about it. It's like okay, yeah, you know, this this has happened and this stuff has happened, but. Oh my God! Look what's grown out of it. Yeah, you know, and and you can't like the, even create it. It has to create itself, right? Like yeah. it will create itself if you allow it. I was talking to my dearest, dearest <laughs> friend last night. I said I'm having a talk tomorrow. The guy named him. He goes by Grandpa Stork. And Mario says uh, his name is Mario. He says, "Where the fuck do you meet these people?" Like, because every every day there's a new person. It's not about your name necessarily, but it's about like every day there is a new, more interesting person than the day before. I mean, it was Zen a couple of weeks. I was like, well, Zen and I are going to be doing a podcast together and we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about um, beings from elsewhere. And then and then it was the same thing. Where do you meet these people? It's like because they're supposed to be here. Like, that's the thing. They're supposed to be here and they're here and we're here together and we're connecting and it's getting and and, and I feel it and it's visceral and it's beautiful. And it's like they're here because they're supposed to be here. If you live in flow, it, it, that, that's just what happens. 
It's just it's just a byproduct of just it's, it's a byproduct of just doing what we do and moving on. And right. that right. It, right. It, it's just like the wake, you know, is so this, you know, that karmic wake that follows us or that we have become this this we're basically kind of in, in the stream that's flowing and and it's almost like gravity in a sense that, you know, like attracts like, but it's also building. And that's one of the things I'm seeing is too is that you know this building of, of com compassion that this wave as more people are like yourself, like Zen, like Martin John, like all these other ones who are just you know giving of themselves, being of service of their gifts, and helping others to find theirs and to then ripple those out. And so we're seeing these ripples. We're all in this pool where these ripples are just radiating, and and I envision a tsunami of compassion washing over the earth. And ah. so helping to be a part of that, I think, is, you know, what we're, we're that's, that's, that's what we're all here for, to keep this earth moving and progressing the way life does and is. And, and you look around us, I mean, nature lives in compassion. The whole environment is in compassion. It's not in, comp I mean, you can say competition when one species introduced that's more invasive, but nature balances that, knows how to balance that out as well. But it's always kind of it's, it's all it's a compassionate cycle of giving and 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 receiving. It just it's mm -hmm. just a byproduct. It just happens. And so, how do we turn compassion into a an economic engine, into an emotional, into an engine that drives society and and dr drives commerce? You know, just just how we live. And I think that's the 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 big opportunity that we have yeah. now, and that people are getting on board with. Leaders are seeing how important it is to lead from, you know, from a place of compassion, creating a space that allows people to be themselves and bring their authentic selves. So it's just happening. You know, that right. movement is really happening. And I, it's and getting away from standardization and getting mm -hmm. away from like work. I'm, I speak a lot about workism and just, oh, let's just grind just for the sake. Like, oh, let's just work hard just for the sake, even if it's not even if it's nonsense, just put in more hours, just just do that. That that's not. That's not valuable anymore. Like it's, no. it's we 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 don't need that. We're getting away from that, and um, yeah, it's really nice to see. It's really nice to see so many people coming together to utilize their their powers in in helping shape this. I really think that it's 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 gorgeous. I I love to see our definition of what we value change of leadership change. Um, I love your acronym for love. I'm looking at it right now. Living our values every day. I think that that's beautiful. Well, I, and for me, yeah, it's, it's, you know, when I think about, you know, what is, you know, love is a word that's used so overused without really, really thought of what does that mean? What does it really mean to us as individuals? And to me, it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it, love is not just something that we do or express. It's the, it's our being and that it's tied to how we live. And that is an expression, you know, say the, the, the scripture, you know, the biblical scripture that God is love. Not that God has love, but God is love. Love mm -hmm. is God. Okay, I can worship love. Love can be my ideal of, of how I want to take this walk through life. I don't have to ascribe a name to it, you know, Elohim, Yahweh, Jehovah, or what else, but mm -hmm. love. I, I worship love. I worship and that, love. And, but just it, it and that then just as a doubt says, it can love everybody. It frees me to just experience and express 
to, and to and part of what my traveling has really been about, you know, especially after leaving organized religion and just say, OK, you know, I'm not really jiving with the way, you know, y'all are showing how God's love is supposed to be, is, is, is expressed. I mean, I'm seeing it as, as divisive and it separates folks. Well, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to take a walk about the earth and I'd like to see how how um, how God's love is expressed and just see its expression in situations in areas where. You don't see, you know, missionaries or anything, but there are people just living their lives every day. And and that opened, for me, opened my eyes to see that, you know, that even in the slums of Kibera in Nairobi, Kenya, you know, Africa's largest urban slum, and kids are, you know, you know, they're they're wearing a, a rag a rag of a shirt, but nothing else. You know, they you know yeah. naked below and they're running through the mud, and you got open water, and they are just full of joy and happiness and having fun, and we're just, you know, and it's and it's beautiful to see that they're that you know they don't see the poverty that they're in, they don't see themselves as being um, as being without, and oh yeah, okay, so it'd be nice to have you know. Um, some electricity and, and so, when, when we're doing and some light when we're, when we're doing our homework at night or, uh, but you know, there's, it kind of puts us to shame. And that's, that's so, I, I got to, it's so insightful. You say it would be nice to have some electricity for us, for us, it would be, <laughs> I mean, there's the, how there's no way for us to really know how deep that divine connection is for those individuals. You know, the Tao says colors blind the eye, you know, like, uh, like how, I mean, I know my mind is going all the time and it's, it's awful. It's, it's, it's horrible. And I think I know when I can just get quiet, the feeling that I have in my body and I think to myself as I sit here with my um, toys that I've been playing with during our conversation because I can't sit still. I've got a slinky. I've got this thing. I've got a highlighter. I've got. I mean, I'm, I'm playing. I got a crystal I found on the ground. You're like me. Play. You're I'm like playing, me. I'm telling and you. I'm, I'm playing, and I'm like, I'm so busy. I'm so fidgety. I'm so this, and I'm thinking. Wonder though, like when you talk about the joy that's embodied in those people that are living in those parts of the world, it's like, well. There was a time when our whole planet was like that and 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 people continued to be and love and exist and it seems that the more we tack on to especially here in the west of consume 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 it's like let's make it better let's make it better let's make it better let's give you more shit let's give you it's like we we're <laughs> so, we're so disconnected I mean, I think it would be wonderful if we could share so much of what we have with every part of this earth. I think everybody should have everything. It's, it's, it's but the abundance is inside, and, yes. and and we're lacking, we're lacking deeply yeah. here. Yeah, you know. But I would say, you know, don't beat yourself up for your mind going and going, but because your mind, your mind is going and going because you know. Um, I was the same way. 
And and I still am like that, you know, as far, far as just, you know, mind's always going and it's like all this energy. When I was growing up, I mean, I, I could not stay in my seat. My, 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 I would always get citizenship needs improvement <laughs> because I was always up out of my seat. But don't don't beat yourself about those thoughts because um, that is, you know, because they'll slow down and you have the tools to slow them down as well. They and so do. It's like, yeah, just allow, allow it to happen. But then, you know, for, for me, it's, and, and and one one of the reasons I created the Dragon's Egg is because it's like, how do I harness all that energy that I have in my body, and that and that I found that the balancing, still with my eyes closed, that I could just hard harness it. Then okay, I got to yeah. okay, I can balance on it and then send a text or do all these other things. And that yeah, um, and that you know that our body is you know we you know, engage the body, free the mind. And so mm-hmm. that's part of what you're doing as well. You know, to kind of stay focused, but yeah, you know, you're fine. Don't worry about it because you're, you know, you, and that for me, that's refreshing because, you know, that, that passion that you have for being a change agent to help others and is, and that's what's continued to drive. So keep that passion. Don't, you know, that, that it's not going to go away. It will slow down. You'll be able you, and you'll, you'll gain greater control over being able to just, just look around. Just look around, and just you know, yes. just look at just look at the this watch watch a bird just fluttering or or, or a bee or something. Just let's look at it. That's why that's why I do something. I'm just watching. Just just watching, and just I'm just and it's took it's taken me a long time, but it's just because. But I'm outside all day. I spend outside. I spend my, all my all my time outside all day, and that's I think. That's an opportunity we have as all to tap in. So, and you're doing that with your running, but yeah, you, you, all that, what, what you're experiencing now will become more focused. You'll become more, I mean, you just don't worry. You, you, you're, you're brilliant. I have, I have no worries in the world. I appreciate your words. Thank you. I received them with my heart. Um, I do want, I, we are, we are almost at time. I do want you to have an opportunity to tell everybody mm-hmm. Um, everything that we really missed about knowing about about your organization and okay. your values and how they can get involved and and maybe more about your vision if I left anything out um, or if okay. you feel anything's incomplete like please please um, yeah please okay I'll try to give you the elevator pitch a quick one okay so um, the Rose of Education organization Treo Inc is a space tourism industry startup developing operations in education entertainment, and exploration. We intend to be the leader and to be the answer to the question, what kind of games and sports will humanity play in space? A real goal is to empower uh, and really inspire uh, the youth of the world, especially though in marginalized uh, areas of the world that they can have be stakeholders as humanity takes its next grand voyage among the stars that they won't be uh, on the sidelines. But And so, Developing a game-based, play-based learning platform to, you know, uh, um, to identify, nurture, and cultivate these young people. And we've been playing games, games to, and um, really tap into who their ta- what their talents are, and how they'll be, uh, how to use their superpowers in the world, and how they present themselves in the world to be um, leaders to lead humanity forward. And so, the Rose of Education organization. Um, 
We are in the process of launching. Uh, we have uh, two products that will be we're getting the patent on a literacy game that is meant to be a large language model, acronymic language model to teach compassion to the machine. So we want to teach AI to help dissolve bias, and and then also we're developing a a uh, another game platform, the Dragon's Fire Flying Games. You know, imagine you're standing on the back of a dragon while it's flying. How do you stay on? And so we've been developing these and traveling on, on, around the world, um, really helping to inspire cre creativity and to, and to really help these young people dream beyond the mountaintop, dream that they can be a part of the new space economy, but also that they have uh, value to offer to the world. I'm looking at my, <laughs> I'm looking at my, my, uh, my laptop camera and I should be looking here. So um, it's, it's a quest that Grandpa invites all of y'all to go on, to be on. Uh, um, you'll see the links to my LinkedIn profile. You can see the, um, look up, look up Grandpa Stork plus Dragon's Egg. And we'll think we're the first 30 pages. <laughs> if you want to find out, but we have I will definitely put links for you in, in the show Thank notes. You. So everybody that's listening can definitely uh, take a look at the show notes and uh, you'll be able to find Grandpa Stork. I mean, it's such a beautiful mission. It's it's huge, and yet we all can be involved, and and everybody can get involved simply by you know checking out a link on your computer and yeah. and starting also with looking inward and and seeing what you see. So, um, Anthony, thank you, thank you, hey, Namaste. Like to, namaste. And let me leave, I like to leave a listen word. So, uh, with uh, with this thought, this is a Grandpa Storks hacks. Uh, top four hacks for living a life uh, with purpose and uh, on purpose. Dream big, play hard, give back and have fun. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That was perfect. That was a perfect, perfect way to end the episode. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And that about does it for this week's episode of View from the Roof. Big thank you to Anthony Hall for being here. Stay safe, everybody. Stay beautiful. I'm Andy Scarantino, and I'll be back next week. <laughs>